Hi everyone, uh, Dave here. Thank you so much for coming along to another episode of Legends of the Spire. This is the unashamedly niche podcast that talks to the former players and managers of Chesterfield Football Club about their careers in the sport and beyond too. Now, I've had a few weeks off from uh, talking to former players. Uh, it's been great last couple of weeks talking to people like Luke Feather and the Spy Rights Rights Boys, but I'm sure you'll all be pleased to hear that we're back with a former player this week. And no better way to do it than to have a former captain of a title-winning team with me. I spoke to Steve Baines this week. Now, he started his career uh, in the uh, 70s with teams like uh, Nottingham Forest, Huddersfield, uh, and then Scunthorpe, where he uh, first joined up with John Duncan before joining Chesterfield in the early 1980s. Now, he joined Chesterfield as a player, come coach, come assistant uh, to John Duncan, and in his second season with the club, did have that title win with us where he captained the side. It was great to have a chat with him about the earlier parts of his career and then time at Chesterfield, and then also about his post-playing career, where he became a Football League referee. Uh, he was also then part of the uh, founder members of CFSS back in 2001 so has, has remained to have strong links with Chesterfield, and you can still see him at games as well every now and then. Uh, I am at Spire Legends on uh, Twitter and Instagram, Legends of the Spire on Facebook. So please do uh, give us a shout uh, and follow us wherever you can. And uh, yeah, so here we are, latest episode. Uh, back to the players this week, number 49. It's Steve Baines. You started, you're obviously a Nottinghamshire boy, aren't you? Yeah, Steve? yeah, it all, started, yeah it all started for me many, many moons ago. Um, 19, <laughs> that's a start, isn't it? There's 20 odd years to start <laughs> with. Um, 1968, uh, 69 season, that's when it really started. Um, uh, yeah, I lived in, in Beeston, just outside Nottingham. Hmm. And uh, I used to play for a, uh, I played for the county team and all this stuff and the other, but I used to play for a, uh, a team on a Saturday called Clifton All Whites. Uh, they weren't called Clifton All Whites now, but they, anyway, we played in real sparkling every week. That, you know, the, it was credit to them. We had a bit, we probably had a bit, the best team in the county. We used to hammer everybody every week, absolutely hammer them. And um, majority of the lads were going round to different clubs, trials and all this, you know, to the Arsenal, Man United, and um, uh, Villa, everywhere, all over the all over the country they were going. I, I never really went anywhere significantly. I had two trials, um, one with one with Forest, and um, and one with Derby, and I, I did one with Derby and <clears throat> Clinton was when. Mr. Clough and Peter Taylor were there in charge. And uh, we went across there and had a trial at Simpin Lane. And my dad says, don't, don't sign anything because it ties you down school board forms, just ties you to a club. Well, we went back to the baseball ground. They chased me around the office trying to get me to sign this form. Cluffy and Peter Taylor, unbelievable. <laughs> really was phenomenal. Um, <clears throat> and what I had is, and, and I got offered apprenticeship with, with Derby and Forrest. And Forrest had supported as a young lad and gone in the trench and, you know, all this carry on. So um, I've decided whether it would be good or bad, you know, whether my decision was the correct one or not, but I decided to go there and, and join the playing staff there. Uh, and that was, 
July the 7th, 1969. It was about two weeks after my 15th birthday. So that's <laughs> that's the only reason my dad let me leave school without any GCs or whatever whatever they were at that stage. And um, yeah, no, I, I joined joined the staff there. Given that probably they they the trials they held they held them every weekend, and um, I was the only one taken on that year. So yeah, that, you know, given the hundreds and probably not if not thousands that's gone through the system to yeah. try and get a try and get a, a position, I was the only one taken on. So yeah, that was something. But you know, I had the I had the option of going to Derby or Forest, and I said Derby was. I'd have to stay away from home and all this carry on. It was only down the road when you think about it nowadays. It's sort of skipping the jump, isn't it? And um, uh, yeah, I used to get the scouts coming around. Well, I used, used to come around. Forest scout would come one one week, and then Derby scout would come another week, and asking, you know, you know, are you keeping it in touch with us and everything else? And then I made the decision to go to, to Forest, um, and that's where it all started for us. Were you always a defender then? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, um, I, as, as a young lad, I'm playing for the county. One of the, the main things, assets I had was I could, a long ball, I, I tell you, from the halfway line at Lincoln City ground, I could whirl it into the penalty box. <laughs> and that, you know, I, I could really launch it. I, I can't do it now, but I used to practice by throwing a, a bit of a flat ball over the house. This is on the front and throw it over the, into the back garden. So I just launch it that way. But that, yeah, I did that for hours. But um, yeah, and I was a big lad. I mean, at whatever fifteen, I was when I started at Forest. I was six foot, six foot half inch and thirteen half stone. That was that was me. Um, I'm about six foot now and about twelve and a half stone now. So I can still get in the same clothes. In fact, I'm wearing them. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's interesting. So do you think your uh, do you think your size uh, kind of pointed you up towards defence, or was that just a yeah, probably. You know, I, I just in in those days, a different different game altogether. Those days, you know, we used to uh, um, practice matches, training. You know, first team against reserves and or, or, or youth team against reserves, that kind of scenario. And you didn't kick lumps out of people. You know, they couldn't run very quick on one leg, could they? I mean, it was it was not rocket science that one, was it? But um, I, I I I enjoyed it, and it was a dream. A dream to do what I, you know, I, I, I wanted to do. I was, I was lucky enough to be able to do it. Never earned any money at it, all the way through my career. And my brother was a, a bricky, and he earned more money than I did. You know, but it, but it was something I, I wanted to do. I was lucky enough to do it for what eighteen years, something like that. Was there, any, was there ever any backup plan or anything like that, Ben? Or uh, no, no. I mean, it's a different different game nowadays because what happened um, years ago. You know, as an apprentice, you go on there. You, you, your football training was really an afterthought. You, you was like groundsman. Uh, we'd been on hands and knees, weeding the pitch and cutting the grass and sweeping the terraces and things like that. Yeah, different, different altogether now. And yeah, you know, nothing to do with the further education and all that kind of carry on, which is good. You know, they need, you know, you need a string to the bow. Some of these young boys are going to the academy and, and they've made it. And then, you know, when it doesn't happen, um, then, it, you know, it goes a bit pear-shaped from them and then you've got nothing to go back to. So that, that's good in that respect. But in the main, when when people of my ilk, when, when they finished career, a career they, they had to get a job because, you know, they didn't have that kind of back up behind them financially. Mm. 
Yeah. And so you played played kind of a few games for Forest, didn't you? But then you left. The games. Uh, yeah, yeah. When, when I was, um, I was always, there was a youth team coach there uh, when I first joined there called Bert Johnson. And we used to have these meetings and, and, and he just said to me, you're just one of them natural leaders. It's one of those things that you'll always be a leader. And that's how I feel. You know, I always take on and, and I won't ask anybody to do anything I won't do myself. But, you know, it's like one of those things that you're a natural leader and people will follow you and listen to you. And I was fortunate enough when I got into the, uh, just turned 17, I was captain of the Forest Reserves. I mean, I played my first game for Forest Reserves, I think it was about 16, uh, against Everton. And, and in the, in them days, you know, you've got a, a, in the reserves, you've got international footballers playing, Colin Harvey, Jimmy Osmond. Alan Whittle and all, yeah, up against Big Joe, Big Joe Royal, you know, all these, and I was only like 16, you know, and, and that was a frightening experience at times. I think at Big Joe, I think he scored that trick and played for England about two weeks later, but he, yeah, scored that trick, never, not one inside the box, he used to wallop a ball, he did, crikey, he was a good player, good footballer. But now I, I uh, at 17, I was captain of the Forest Reserves, and, um, I mean, in that team then, there was the likes of Tony Woodcock, Viv Anderson, Martin O'Neill, Duncan McKenzie, John Robertson. You know, these household names in, in that era, you know, a year or two later, mm. and that's internationals and everything. Um, but yeah, when I made my debut at Forest when I was just turned 18, Dave Mackay, he, he, he made me feel about 15 foot tall and I had a couple of, couple of games. And... Uh, yeah, unfortunately, the, the team that I, I was in or got into were on a sticky wicket. They're all, they're like the pop and all this, that and the other, you know, two-way games and they, they were trolled. I had no chance. Yeah, you're getting hammered. Yeah, yeah. You, it, was, it was a difficult time, but I enjoyed, yeah, it, was, it was good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I think I had two, two games and two centre-forwards off the field before the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> I remember playing in when, when was, uh, playing in the uh, uh, in a testimonial game uh, on the cricket ground for the groundsman there uh, a game of cricket obviously and uh, I was playing in one team and, and Cluffy was the manager but uh, uh, the opposing team and ironically he came up to me while I was on there he says young man you know that young man you know that kind of tone he had with him and he said is your father he said no why he said I'll tell you what if you'd have come to Derby when I asked you to do so you'd have been my first team now because Roy Mack had ruptured his Achilles when he was playing for uh, England didn't he and then yeah he said could he if he, with him if, if he was if he's good enough, he was old enough to make a difference. But he played a, another lad called Stevie Powell, played in midfield, and he was only sixteen. You know, so he, he'd give you a go. Yeah, it's interesting. Know, then obviously you left Forest and went to Huddersfield, but then like a couple of years later, Clough was then at Forest, wasn't he? <laughs> so well, he was there. He, he gave me, in fact, he gave me a free transfer. Yeah, he came just as, uh, that season because they were struggling. And um, I, I'd gone from, yeah, really confident and strong about my, my game with Dave Mackay. And Dave went to Derby. And, and there was another guy called Alan Brown and John McSevney was old. And they did the opposite for me. You know, really destroyed me. You know, I just, I just, yeah, it just wasn't working. 
and um, yeah, and, and I, I, I really went backwards in in a major fashion, I suppose. And uh, and Cluffy came and and he just said, "Look, I'm sorry, but yeah, we're, we're, I'm gonna have to let you go." I mean, I was like devastated. That was the only thing I wanted to do. I'm just 20 years of age, just got married, and yeah, it's, phew, I was a wreck, absolute wreck. It just it was my dream. It had gone, and um, and then I went off on on my on my travels and on my journeys, which was which is very interesting. Up to I mean, we, my wife and I went up to Huddersfield and we, we went through Mont Breton and all this and the other into there. It was lagging it down for rain. It was dark. It was dismal. It was miserable. And I thought, what the bloody overcoming to here? Um, but you know, it, it was it was very interesting. I, I enjoyed my stay at Huddersfield and uh, met some some good guys, some some good people. And, and it gave me a, a gave me a leg up, it gave me a start in life on the football ladder. I was going to say because you played a lot of games, didn't you, at Huddersfield? Like yeah. 114, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a few under our belt. Yeah, and um, and yeah, played with some characters as well. I mean, there's a, a lad there called um, Brian O'Neill. I don't know really remember him. He used to play for Southampton. They're all cracking when, when the red mist dropped. When he's like, when red, red mist dropped, I'm telling you, he was lethal. He used to come down, he'd, he'd come diving in on the morning into training with his wellies on because he got a bit of small holding. Got a couple of dogs in the back of the car. Anyway, dived in, jumped it. He'd wear anything from a seven to 11 in boot size. He'd chuck anything on his feet and go out and start training. He was a character. He was a character. Yeah, there, there were some one or two. That's where it might. First meeting of Newt as well. Newt had gone from an apprentice to just turned professional. Mm. And that's where our paths you know, crossed there. That's where we first met up. And, um, and another big guy that sadly is no longer with us, uh, I called Bobby Campbell. Big Bob had a few games, well, went to Derby and he came from Villa. We joined at the same time and um, sadly took his life two or three years ago. Uh, he had one of them. One of the nastiest leg breaks I've seen. Absolutely flapping, you know, when uh, when we're playing Portsmouth. Um, but yeah, he was, a, he was a character. We used to train down an area called Leeds Road. Uh, every day, yeah, well, the weekend, teams, all the local teams would play on there. And we'd go and do our training starting Mondays right through to the Friday. So the, it was so called shit heaps, you know, they were a real mess. And, we used to, and the manager at the time was a, a joint one, an old guy called Tom Johnston. We used to go down there and train on these things and we used to do, you know, like, follow your leader. And Big Bob, the big Irish lad, he, he, he took us round there and it was an absolute shit. It was been playing, raining all weekend, all that and the other. Well, they're doing forward rolls and everything else, forward rolls and, uh, and tagging and diving and slide tackles and all this. And, and Tom had just got a new, brand new car Triumph 2000, bench seat, all the business, you know. So he said, whatever this lad does, you do, lads. And, and uh, he said, oh, shit, it's up to the eyeballs there. He opens one side of his, Tom's door of his car, slides across the bench seat, and then 18, 20 odd more lads slid through his car. It was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I looked at it, stupid boy. Was that time at Huddersfield then? Uh, uh, a good time for you to then uh, kind of get over being released. At, at yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we trained. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, we trained, yeah, my wife, I tell you. 
we trained, we put like a, a month's work into about a fortnight before we went up to Scotland on tour, doing a bit of pre-season. Mm. Oh, when I sat down and tried to get up, it's like Douglas Bard, I've got rigor mortis. Is that? I've never trained so hard in my life. There used to be a, a down on Leeds Road, there was a, a, a climb up to the side, it's called Dalton Bank. And the runners up there, oh, you're like treading water halfway up. Yeah, it was awful. And you look down, down the side of the canal, and they're like ants down there, and that's how far you come up. Yeah, it was, it was you look back and like, how, how fit were you back then? Were you, uh, was that when you were your fittest in your career? Then? Yeah, probably so. Yeah, because they run the, run the socks office. Uh, and it's a different different way of going about things nowadays. But yeah, yeah, they, yeah, some good strong sessions. And Newt was a strong lad. People, I mean, he was a strong boy. He, you know, he, and you know, he's an asset when we was up here at Chesterfield. But I mean, he was a fruitcake then. But I mean, he was a total. Yeah, he was. He was an. He was a strong, strong runner. Yeah, for a big lad. So then, after Huddersfield, you were yeah. at uh, Bradford for a bit. Yeah, what happened was with that one there, I'd done pretty well at, at, at Huddersfield. We'd uh, obviously done uh, reasonably well. And a deadline transfer, deadline day, one of those, out of the blue. And uh, the manager at Bradford's big Irish lad called John Napier. And uh, yeah, they came in, made an offer, which seemed to fit the bar, I don't know, 18 or 20 grand or something. It was fortune in them days. And I went to Bradford and probably um, enjoyed my best, probably my best, yeah, best time as far as everything, really, because it was a nice, tight pitch. You know, they couldn't get away from you. It was really up against this hoarding, so anybody close to you, you can catch them. You know, there wasn't enough room like the spaces they have now. But I enjoyed that there, Bradford, Um, probably... Player of the year, two years on the truck, got into the PFA team, and all. You know, and we weren't a team that's going anywhere. We didn't achieve anything as such, but I got in the PFA team, and and um, yeah, it, it was good, good. I enjoyed it. Played with some good people as well. And, you know, like called uh, Paul Reaney came to us from Leeds, and Mickey Bates, who sadly died not too long ago, he came to us from Leeds as well. So they were good, uh, good to. Um, meet up with them and get their perspective on what they've done in Europe and everything else. It was good listening to them, talking to them. You scored quite a few goals, didn't you? I did, yeah. yeah. In, that two se- in that couple of seasons, I've got it I've got it down as 99 appearances, 17 goals. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's like... My ratio in total. We've got plenty of strikers that have had... <laughs> yeah, yeah. My ratio in my career, I think it's one in ten. That's my ratio in my career. But there... Uh, you know what, what it was, uh, Batesy. We used to, when the uh, free kicks and things like that, we just have a, a bit of eye to eye contact and we knew there as soon as I turned and dropped the head, nodded, he'd drop it on there and I'd just go flying in there. And yeah, it worked, it was good. Yeah, we, we, we got a good few goals, I enjoyed it. What's, yeah. what's the secret then to being a, a goal scoring defender? Is there any secret to it? Because we've had uh, now that you, you kind of you got to be, you've got to be big and season. You've got to be you got to be big and daft and stick your head in where somebody else won't put theirs in. You know, <laughs> and when you're flying in and, and you know a big guy and the, your goalkeeper don't want it either, they're they're not too keen on getting any getting hammered. So yeah, just got to be a bit brave, stick your head in there. 
or whatever, boot, whatever, whatever it may be. So I just, I'm, I'm, my wife says, you're an animal. And I was really a bit of an animal. As soon as I tried, walked over that white touchline, I, I was an animal. You know, I, I, I'd hammer anybody, take on all comers. I remember a big George Riley, he was six foot six, six foot seven, but he, he didn't stay around me very long either. I remember one time his, his legs were like about a meter long from kneecap to ankle. Well, they had stood marks down on their teeth, missing everything. He went and stood out on the wing. Didn't come near me, didn't cause us any problems at all. So, yeah, yeah, you just you leave your mark, you make yourself known, make your presence, and, and yeah. But how, how are you with uh, opposition players like? Away from the pitch, then. Did they, oh, it's fine. Kind of, yeah, uh, yeah. Is it, it's, it's, it's kind it's, of one of those things where I suppose you survival on the pitch, isn't yeah, it? It, it is. It's like everything, isn't it? Things go off on there when you're done there. You have a beer after, and you have a laugh about it, and things. Yeah, you know, that's how it works. Hmm. It's just how you. Yeah, it's just how you, you make up. Really, it's about being a winner. Yeah, you know? and I didn't even want anybody to win a header. No, about win a game. So, and that's how I was, tackle anybody and it's, no, it's I was only a journeyman, but when, when I see the likes of, um, I don't really remember the guy, B. Jim Holton, who, who uh, played for Manchester United. At the time I, w- I was transferred from Bradford, actually to Warsaw, Jim, he went from Shrewsbury to Man United for about 80 grand. And we're very similar, you know, big, strong, no nonsense defenders and, uh, like a tackle, like a header, yeah. Score a few goals, and um, yeah, I, I, I was disappointed. I didn't go any further or any higher. Um, you know, maybe a bit, a little bit on pace or something like. I don't know. It's, you, you never know. It's it's just somebody, it's somebody taking a shine to you. And and so after Bradford, uh, mm. so we're on to Walsall next. Yeah, so Walsall. Well, so the first I, I time a... where you've moved. Uh, uh, quite a bit in the other direction, haven't you? You've kind of been staying in Nottinghamshire, up in Yorkshire for a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I went, went to Warsaw. I was the first, ironically, uh, apparently I was the first one ever to go to a tribunal. First ever to go to a tribunal. And that was when um, Warsaw came in for me and, and Bradford was selling. I think they wanted 65,000 for me and the tribunal was settled on 50 cash. And that was that was the deal. And Graham Kelly told me that. He was here at the FA because we was going to do a bit of. We actually put a synopsis together to, to write a book. Um, he, he was he was helping me with that, but we never got around to finishing it anyway. But yeah, I was the first one to go to to, uh, to a tribunal. Did they have a briefcase there on the day? <laughs> yeah, the chi- the owner, the chairman, was a um, scrap metal work merchant. So he got a few quid under his pillar, I think, or so. And, and yeah, but it didn't work out for me there. An old colleague of mine, who and he was old, Neil Martin, took over as manager at Warsaw, and the chairman must have said, "Yeah, sort him out." And he, he made me train with the kids, you know, and then kind of things again. You know, I've, I've had it all, seen it all. So it was never really a problem to me. I just managed it. Um, just get myself fit, playing with the playing in, with the youngsters and everything else. Um, and then it came to a point where you know we're trying to move on from there. I had a, I had a spell on loan at um, Bury over a Christmas period, which suited us because I was home then with the family. I could travel across to Bury. That worked out all right. So that was Andy. I had a couple of three months there. 
I got sent off from the first game after about half an hour. <laughs> but anyway, apart from that, it's all right. <laughs> so, so then it's the interesting bit bit now, and that it comes to Scunthorpe, which was mm. then your uh, your kind of first time with John Duncan, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, what happened there? We, I, I got on the horses back at Warsaw numerous times, different clubs, we going everywhere. I never. I remember Kev saying, Kev Randall saying, when he said, "I tried to get you and Les at York, and all this time the other, um, and Blackpool came in, and they wanted and each time they wanted to try and recoup as much money as they laid out as they, as they possibly could. At the end of the day, it cost them because I just sat there and, and I went for next to nothing, um, if not nothing, next to nothing anyway. And we had a mutual friend, um, John and I. Um, a lad called Lammy Robertson, who, who, who we played together at Bradford. And, and Lammy said, ring, rang me, he said, Why don't you go to Scunthorpe? I, I said, You're having a laugh or what? I mean, just finished second from bottom of the football league, shipped in about 110 goals, ju- just managed to avoid getting relegated into the non league. I said, What do I want to be going there for? Give me a break, will you, pal? I, you know, I, I think that disappeared that badly. You know, gone downhill that badly. And um, he says, well, what do you want? I wanted to go into management. That was my goal. That was my dream, to go into management when, when I finished off towards the end. And uh, he knew that. He said, why don't you go so, yeah, talk to him about going on the coaching side as well. So, And that was the, the, the when we had a meeting, when we, John and I first met, that was what we discussed. The, the idea of going, not just as a player, but I'll go as player coach. And that's where it sort of all started. So how how so, when when did your like managerial ambitions kind of was that right at the start of your career then? You talked um, about always being a bit of a leader. Yeah, yeah, it was it was one of those as you're getting towards it, you know, latter, and and that really stimulated it uh, the thought process then I think because um, from a playing perspective. I'd, I'd done probably having the purple patches as I thought, but and then I wanted to put something, you know, have some kind of input on, on from a management point of view, not just being a captain, but you know, having an input from that coaching and then going on to the management side of things. And uh, so that's where that, oh, that really started there. And yeah, I enjoyed that because I used to take a lot of the training. Um, I mean, Dunks played a little bit. I mean, we uh, where Beefy used to come in and train with us now and again. So I've run him around the track a few times as well. And he was a good lad. He used to get stuck in and train and, and do really well. Um, so I've made some, we've made some feet. My, my wife's fame, uh, claim to fame is him and Beefy's wife carry him out of, when we won promotion, carry him out of the function about, me, about two o'clock in the morning. He's supposed to be in Taunton at 10 o'clock next morning or that morning. Yeah, carried him out into a taxi. <laughs> So, yeah, but um, so we, yeah, we met some good people, but it, it was just a dream to do that. Um, that. That's what I wanted to do. And then what happened was that uh, John and the chairman, that was a cra- clash of personalities. And, and the chairman, uh, I thought I got the job. I thought I cracked it here. Looked around the corner and Sniffers stood there. He got him already lined up, sat John and got Sniffers stood in the corner. We, I enjoyed my spell with a few few months with him as well, just finishing off the promotion. Um, we weren't the best team in the world, but we, we you know, we we, we did okay. Mm-hmm. Organised ourselves, and one or two good players, you know, one or two also runs, but yeah, you know, we we got there in the end. 
yeah. didn't give much away. Big place and I, but there again, same thing. So yeah, kitchen sink could come in every weekend, but you get away with that. Yeah. And then the Cammy had nick a goal or another big lad called Chris Cowan. He got a few goals as well. He was a big, big lad up front. Yeah, so you need these people around you. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I've had John Duncan on uh, and he, he talked about his time at Scunthorpe and obviously said, you know, uh, I was uh, the first season, uh, it wasn't. As, as good, but then he was like, second season, we're right at the top, and then February, I'm gone. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, he was off, went off to uh, Hartlepool, didn't he? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and then you finished the, off the promotion there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, don't you never know, but a problem me going there, if I hadn't gone there, and things, you know, how things work out, it might have not lasted much longer than that. He'd gone back into education. So what he had achieved over the years since that point, 30-odd years, probably was a uh, good fortune of, of, of myself joining up and teaming up with him at Scunthorpe initially and then back into Chesterfield. Yeah. People, you know, people forget these things, how these little bits just drop into place, don't they? And you need a bit of good fortune in life. And you know, somebody, you know, we're, a, we're a decent team. We're a decent team. Was it nice then getting a, getting a promotion? Because obviously you're... Uh, well, yeah, I mean, well, the thing was, career, yeah, right? from, a few clubs, it must have been nice to have. Uh, yeah, to have well, it was because I, I look at you know, two, three years I had in management, effectively, player coach and assistant player manager at Chesterfield and, and player coach there. You know, in the three seasons, two promotions. So that's not a bad record, is it? No. Yeah, no. I, and I, I, you know, I, I believed in myself, and, and now I thought I had something there I, I could add. And you know, like Dice has done now, I can manage people. It's about managing people. That's where the refereeing came in. It's about managing people. You know, you've got to you've got to be able to empathise and you've got to understand there uh, what's going on, and and then knowing your people. You know, it's like when I had a business, it's knowing your staff. You can't get a big stick doesn't suit everybody. So you've got to be able to manage manage people and and get the best out of them. So, so how did how did the move to Chesterfield come about then? Was well, a, it, a we got promotion. We got promotion there, and, and John rang me. <laughs> I've got another year left on my contract at Scunthorpe, but John rang me and said, "Big man, would you come across here and do the same job for me with me at, at Chesterfield?" It was a little bit closer to where I was living because Huddersfield to Chesterfield, Huddersfield to Scunthorpe, you know, it's a bit bit closer. So, I thought, oh, that works out. That went, that would do all right. And uh, and we we chatting and to be fair to David Wraith, he, he, he said to me, the main reason we got promotion is through you. You were the main reason we got promotion, which I thought was very nice. And um, he, he said, but I understand what you want to do, and and, and good luck to you. And and just let me go, give me a couple of bob, and, and you know, let me go. And but Billy Billy Bremner was at Doncaster. Manager Billy, he wanted me to go there as well, do a similar thing there with him. Yeah, well, um, so we're in 1983 now, aren't we? So mm. how how is it when you go to a club and you're not only just joining as a player, 
but you're joining as kind of a coach. <laughs> this, this, yeah, you know, I mean, you've got kind of a foot in various different camps. I mean, yeah, you have. And it's, it's, yeah, you have to manage that element as well. I think that you, you, you can see it from both, you have to be able to see it from both angles. And I, I was probably the link between the dressing room and, and the management. So, no, not for telling tales, but it's a matter of, you know, managing things. So, you know, where uh, if John wanted to get a bit strong, I could say, well, look, yeah, we have to, you know, there's ways and means we have to do it. And, you know, I, I was a part of the, still part of the team. So it, it became, it, it can be, a, it can be a tough one, but, you know, it, it's one I, uh, I enjoyed and um, never got any real grief from any of the players and they respected that. And respected me, I think, and we, we trained hard, and uh, I think overall we we did a reasonable sort of job. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that first season, then, uh, mm. so it was thirteenth, I think. So it was like mid table, wasn't it? First first season, but it's like gearing itself up to then a yeah promotion. Project, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, I don't think we're the, we're the best team in in the league, but we're as well organised. It's like I said to you before. What what what, what happens was with Les and I and and, and the team boys were in new to front big Ernie and uh, <coughs> you guys in John Matthews and, and the guys in midfield Endo and all these kind of boys. They're hundred percenters, hundred percenters. You know, we didn't really have any superstars, but we you know we, you know, we had um, you know people who commit and bought into what was trying to achieve here, and um, it worked. Um, like I say we weren't the best, but you know, Newt was ironically Newt was our, he, he was the uh, union representative. I could have got another um, PFA team thing, I think, but you need to send all the all the slips into to to um, to the PFA for the for the uh, nominations, and Newt didn't bother filling them in, so we didn't get any in, and we yeah we won the championship. He's a clown, he was at times. But anyway, I might have had two of them. He owes you one there. <laughs> yeah, he does owe me one, for sure. <laughs> he was very funny when he was on the podcast. Oh, no, he's a character. You know, he, oh, he used to make me laugh at times, and especially when I'm getting those videos. Some of the tales he'd come out with. But yeah, very funny lad. Very funny lad. But with, with you in kind of coaching and playing capacity, do you ever kind mm. of have to keep characters like that in check a little bit? Is it kind of an odd... Uh, it's, it was, it's just <laughs> you just manage them, don't you? It's like you, you, it's like everything else. You, you, yeah, you you know what they're about. You know what they're up to. It's just managing them. Just got to say, take them one side and say, look, it's like a Thursday night. Yeah, you may be able to manage to go on out for eight to ten points, but the people are coming like, stringing along with you. They can't they can't cope with that. You'll come in and train on Friday. They're they're on the backs more or less. Yeah, can't can't do it. It's not. He was a powerful boy, and he, yeah, it's a strong lad. Mm. So, yeah. so he, he tried to. He had a few angles on that used to go out with him, but they couldn't cope with drinking all that, and then going in and train next day. It's interesting as well, wasn't it? That uh, promotion season, because obviously the, the thing a lot of people talk about in that season is the whole rotation between. Uh, Ernie Moss and Bob Newton and Bill Walker and you know it's yeah. kind of different that home and away uh, scenarios. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you got bigger and just leading the line all the time. Then Newt could get the channels. Wacky used to he, he'd hold the ball. He, he'd bring a little bit to it as well. So he, he'd bring his his strengths to it as well. 
Um, and between the three of them, you know, it, it, was, it was a good problem. And young, young Phil Brown came in and, you know, the goals came from different different positions. And it was good. Mm. You know, it's a, it was an interesting time when you, when you reflect on things. Um, and, it, yeah, it's wonderful, really, to, you know, to end up winning, winning the championship and then having the uh, uh, presentation at Salter Gate. Yeah, it was a good experience. Was the... Uh, was there any kind of standout memorable moments or parts of that season that you thought were the, were the bits where you thought actually we might, you know, we've got a chance here or we're going to win it at this point? I, it was, I think if we felt as, as a team, as a, a group of players, that, you know, you got to, if we, if we scored a goal, that was it. That was it. Yeah, shutters were down. Nobody was going to. You know, nobody's going to beat us if we got to go. If we got in front, that was it. Lock the shop, lock up shop, and, and yeah. that was it. The, you know, we, you know, Big Lace and I, and, and Sean, and all these lads there. And uh, like I say, these lads there, they're fully committed. So once we got to go, they'd have all on beat us. One nil. You look at the record there, I don't know how many one nils we were about in that season. Probably you know, be a few, I suppose. It can't, it can't be a one nil. No. Happy with a one 0 every week. Yeah, so what's absolutely. it like being captain then? Uh, getting to lift a trophy on the present Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, it's it, it, it's excellent. My, my 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 family were there in, in the ground, and my kids were on the pitch and all the stuff. So yeah, it's, it was a, it was a lovely experience. And um, yeah, I mean, you, you forget about these things, don't you? Over the years, and, and you look back and think, well, that one had that. Yeah, and you know there are people there, and it's lovely now. I can go, I can go to the ground, and people, you know, still know who you are, which is nice. Do you, did you keep the the the, the medal and, and things like that? Is yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. In the loft, or is it on display? No, it's not. It's in it's in a box somewhere in the drawer. But uh, yeah, it's a little gold medal, and yeah. I've got my, my PFA one as well. Then my my I see my grandson. He'll he'll probably have those at some point. But yeah, they're sat in the box. <coughs> um, yeah, we got didn't get the same thing. Then we get a medal or what? We got it. I can't quite remember what they gave us. Anyway, but yeah, no, it, it, it was a good experience. Enjoyed it, and um, it, it, and then it all went a bit pear shaped after that. Well, uh, but yeah, well, before we go on that, I, I wanted to mention because obviously you'd had a few seasons at Bradford, and that obviously that day that. We won the title. It was the same day as the Bradford fire, wasn't it? Absolutely. Ironically, on a Boxing Day, uh, uh, that Christmas before, I had a call from um, a chap called Brian Edwards, who's, who's the physio at Bradford. And Brian was there at Huddersfield and Bradford when I was there, and Roy Mack was at Bradford. He was he was the manager, and and Brian remember phone going Boxing Day or Christmas Day or whatever it was there. Uh, Steve, it's Brian, Brian Edwards. Hi, Brian. <laughs> he said, Roy Mack asked me, he said, to give you a ring. He said, do you fancy coming back to Bradford? And I was like, player coach at Chesterfield. And I, 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 I said, I, I, I said, tough one, Brian. I said, I, I think I really need to see this, what, this season through um, for where we are and what we're, we're up to now because it was up there and you know, really pushing hard. And I, I said, I think I've got a chance, and yeah, I, I think I need, really need to see it too. But it's lovely that uh, you know to ask me to come back. 
and and the, the, the really fortunate thing is that um, my my family would have been in the stand there at Bradford if I'd have gone back there. My family would have been there, my dad, wife, kids, they'd have been there, and that's the frightening thing about it. Yeah, so um, just how life deals you sometimes, do you? you know, it's, it, it was a it was a frightening thing, but yeah, they, um, yeah, that was that was a memory of that one. But I, I just need to see it through. But it, yeah, it was a shocker. So then you mentioned uh, after that promotion season. So so what kind of happened after that promotion season? <laughs> well, the following season. It, a little bit indifferent, but you know, we're a step up, and we, we didn't get many new players in there, so it's a step up. So a little bit, so much a little bit of a gap there, and so a little bit of a struggle. And then the big thing was that the the chairmanship took took a change, and um, Barry who was an absolute diamond, and then we got the other guy who who, who made a few quid out to bring his snooker to the to the TV. He wanted to throw his weight around. And ironically, he actually sat John. He actually sacked him and, and got his got the announcement, take his note, his name off the door. He actually sacked him. And then then it couldn't whatever reason John had got a bit long contract and things like this. And but after that, um, then come after me. I just got another year left on my contract, or less than a year. And then came it was a little man. Little man syndrome, want to make an impression, want to put, do something about it. And then came off to me and, and um, what happened was I, I had spondylosis of the neck and um, after a while I got fed up with doing it. I was getting fined or potentially getting fined for going into train. And John and I fell out for a period there at that stage and they dragged him across the desk one day. Anyway, and um, yeah, yeah, what you're doing in here, yeah, you can't come into train. Oh, come on, behave yourself. And I had the PFA backing me and everything else. And I went to see a specialist and the specialist said, look, if it's my neck, because what, what happened was if I, if I was to hold a phone there and things like that and for a length of time, just locks. Mm. So, so that, he said, I would, I would pack it in if I was you. And, and you know, I got a letter from I said, well, you put it in right and took it into the ground, stuck it under Watterson's nose and said, there you go. That's where I am. I'll just keep taking my wages or you pay me up or whatever you do. And that's where we finished that part of the company. So it went a bit sour, really. And and it spoiled, you know, that by that kind of action you took, that 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 really destroyed my dream. Because once you're out of the game, once you're out of that kind of um, network, it's very difficult to get into management. I never really thought about going into non-league management, which I should have done, really. But... Um, yeah, that, that, that's the route I should have taken in hindsight. But uh, hey, yeah, does does that what happened after the promotion taint the promotion at all, or are you able to kind of? No, 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 not really, because it was a different year. It's different people that making those pulling, making the shots at that stage. On um, Barry was a lovely guy, Barry Hubbard, a smashing guy, and um, you're the man that came in. Yeah, it, it, it just made a few quid and one of the stories wait around. And and you know, it, it was it became a bit a bit of a bitter taste, a bit of sour, a bit of uh, sour taste in your mouth, uh, I suppose, at the end. 
uh, you know, it's a little bit resentful at that time because you committed yourself, you give everything, you know, playing with injuries, doing all you've done, and then you get treated like that. So, so how did your plans kind of change then? I suppose because you still only drastically. You're like thirty. Three, something like 33, that. 33, yeah, 33. Drastically, I suppose, if you like. I, I, never, I said I'd never play non-league, and I got in, enticed into playing a few non-league games. A chap called Jeff Worth, local guy, and Matlock, and um, Boston, or so, wherever, wherever it was. One or two I played. And I, I, after a while, I'd say, look, no, I can't do this. I'm pinching money. I can't even raise a gallop. You know, I, 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 I had no motivation whatsoever. I just said, I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, and I just saw an article in the paper, uh, Chopper Smith, uh, Tommy Smith and Chopper Harris, and um, about ex-players being referees. Well, that's, it. that's a bit of a challenge. And that's where that journey started, from that, from that kind of piece, that article in the paper in the Daily Mirror. But it's rare for ex-professionals to take up refereeing. Well, that transition has been made by a former Berry player, Steve Baines, who's been promoted to the Football League list six years after hanging up his boots. His first match was Rochdale's match with Cardiff at Scotland on Saturday. Andy Buckley now reports on the poacher turned gamekeeper. Steve Baines' first job when he gets to a ground is making sure he goes into the right dressing room. After 13 years as a player, he's seen here celebrating a promotion with Chesterfield, he may have changed the colour of his kit, but not his reputation as a defender whose hard tackling landed him in trouble from time to time. Wife used to say I was a bit like Jekyll and Hyde. When I was on the field, I was a bit nasty. When I was off the park, I was a different person. So what are you expecting this afternoon? I don't know, I'll tell you about quarter to five. <laughs> um, I'm looking to enjoy myself with my colleagues. We're going to go out there and do our bit do our best and hopefully we come off and we're pleased all parties. A few minutes later the moment of truth arrives. Steve's debut as a Football League referee. He's the first player to graduate to the league list since they began a policy of encouraging players who've retired from the game to take up a career in the middle. The match had plenty of incident, including a disputed penalty for Rochdale. But overall, Steve Baines kept a fairly low profile, making just two bookings. He even encountered an old teammate from his days at Huddersfield Town. I can remember him as a big, strong centre-half. And when I went in like, you know, to give the team sheet in there, Steve Baines was a referee. And like, uh, the comparison was a little bit different, you know? What did you say to him? Just says I hope you're a better referee than you are as a centre half, but uh, he seemed to take it well. And I thought, like out there on the field, because he's been a player, he, he seemed to relate to the players, you know, very well. He let things go, he talked to people, and I think he did a very good job. And I've enjoyed myself. Uh, it's something I've been building up to for, for a six-year period, and um, it's fulfilled everything I've, I've been looking to achieve. Got out there, first one under my belt. It's a few years since I've actually played football league, so. Um, Going out there and refereeing is a different, different prospect. So I was, I was pleased with the way it's actually gone and how I felt with, with the actual game itself. I started, you know, I, I, they used to say I, you know, I've got preferential treatment. I got, that was far from the truth. You know, I, I was, I was assessed more, more little, more than enough, more than little. You know, even at local levels, you know, you, you wouldn't used to get all them things. 
you know, I, I won two trophies for being referee of the year, you know. I was probably a better referee than I was footballer, you know, in sight. Um, but the thing was, um, as I worked my way through the pyramid, it took me six years to get into the Football League middle, which is pretty rapid. But there's another one, a lad, Graham Sutcliffe, I think his name was, from the northeast. And uh, he did it in five years. Maybe I haven't played football before, but he, he got through. And he was a good, he was a good referee, little fella. But he did, he did really well. So, yeah, and unfortunately, I knew before I'd even refereed the game that I wouldn't get into the Premier League. You know, my coordinator was a, a chap from Alan Seville. He refereed the Derby game when we won 1 0. Mm-hmm. Alan, little ginger air fella. And uh, he was my coordinator. And he just said, to, You know, you're only, they're only paying lip service here for you. You know, you got yourself into this position, but believe you me, you won't get any higher. You won't go into the Premier. They won't allow you to go into the Premier. And I haven't even done a game then. I've gone to some pre season. Um, presentation with him at Derby, you know, new regulations and that kind of thing coming to this for this new season. Right? He said, "Come across and come with me." And I did that, and he just told me all that. And but I used to push and push and push, trying to get myself into that next level. Yeah. It's like when 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 you're finishing refereeing, every referee when they're retiring from it, and you get a final of something, maybe trophy bars or whatever, you know, whatever cups there are going. Well, they've even got a semi-final, they're about a final. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it was, um, I, I enjoyed it because it was a challenge. Uh, I'm, I'm the only one that's ever done a full career and then gone back to Football League as a referee. Mm-hmm. So we've got one or two firsts. The first one to vote for a tribunal ever, first one ever. To, to, and I, I, I wouldn't have thought that, that I'd ever be beaten because, you know, a lot of these boys now, unless I, I've spoken to one of the lads locally and right? thought, want to see him in the gym over the years and been on about it. I said, have a go with it. You know, these boys, if you've got a bit of savvy, it's just a bit, refereeing is a bit like driving. You pass your test and then you learn how to drive. And refereeing is the same thing. You pass that test or whatever it's called, the examination. And then you apply yourself. And with, with being an ex-player, you can empathise. You know what's going off. It, it, it doesn't get to the stage where you have to caution somebody because you've nipped it before it gets to that point. You've rec- it's recognition. And when some of these boys, I've had them, I, I, I said, I've done all that, my friend. I've, 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 had it, I've done it all. I've done worse than you've done this. I don't try and give out any bullshit and all this. Yeah. So no, I, I enjoyed that. And it kept, it elongated my association with professional football. And um, sadly, the wrong people were in charge, in control when I, when I was being a referee. Keith Ackett said, "If you did, if you'd have started a couple of three years early, you'd have got into the Premier, no problem whatsoever. You had all the qualities." But I said, "I don't think I would, because you know, people, the regime in, in control, didn't want what was about." Mm. Still, the case to a degree. Yes. Oh, and obviously, you didn't referee a Chesterfield game because obviously that was. Kind of against the rules, wasn't it? But the other, yeah, yeah. you all have taken charge in in matches for your other yeah. previous clubs. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. How do you find that when you're going back to a club? Difficult. That you're going for? Uh, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard because people are going to assume bias, aren't they? 
Yeah, very difficult. It, you know, and and the people that send you to these games, the people, you know, the the, the match officials that do these fixtures, they had a clue. They didn't know how it worked. Never bothered to ask you, you know, your experience and, and everything else. So, you know, I'd had seven seven different clubs, uh, but apart from apart from Chesterfield, I'd, I'd officiated at every, all the others in some capacity or other. Um, but it was a double-edged sword as well. Yeah, I, I used to get, and I was, I, I did pretty well with it. Um, and, and about a third season, fourth season in, um, Phil Don, who's head of the Premier League, and, and Jim Ashworth, who looked after the Football League, um, in, in a pre-season team, they just said they are changing now because they have two, they have two levels, two panels of referees for, and, and you can interchange if you, if your marks are good, assessments, clubs, and and, and assessor marks are good, then you know, you'll get promoted to the Premier League and all that and the other. Oh, well, I set my stall out here, and I, my my coordinator was Peter Parks at that stage. And we, we got to the end of September, you know, we'd done a few games. He said, You can't do any more. You know, there's, there's a guy called Clyde Wilkes and Matt, Matt Mathias. Uh, one's higher than you, and one's you're sat in the middle. Took them both on the Premier League, never gave me a sniff. Just, just how it was going. It was never going to, it's never going to happen. Mm. You, know, you, you think if I got on there and, and, and Jimmy went on this show in, on, on Sky and you know, a couple of times, and it just, I can't understand it. I said, well, yeah, that's the reasoning behind it. Sadly, the, the powers that be control your destiny. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's what's happened. So I wanted to just finally kind of touch on uh, when you were, you because you became a founder member, didn't you, of CFSS when yes, I did one when everything was yes. kind of going off there. Yeah, well, yeah, I did. Yeah, it was. Um, Mike Warner rang me and um, and just said, "Steve, would would you become would you join us and raise the profile, uh, you know, of what we're trying to achieve?" And I said, "How oh, possible? Yeah, no problem. I'd, I'd enjoy that." I mean, to be fair, I've tried to I tried to get people to buy the club because I wanted to get involved with it. Mm. I seriously have because uh, I think we I think they've done a t- tremendous job, but I think they're only custodians because they don't have any. You know, I, I know there's a couple of local supporters put some uh, a serious amount of money in just recently, but it, it, the, the, yeah, the, the people the hierarchy at the moment are, are just custodians because they don't have the financing to take it forward, do they? But they've done a super job. They really have. How do how do you look on what's happened at um, at Scunthorpe then? Because obviously they're yeah, that's 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 a shocker, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I mean just 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 like like here, just tumbled. You could see the writing was on the wall here, and uh, didn't do think didn't. Did, didn't do the right things to address it. And obviously the same has happened there. And it's a tough one. So what's so what's your kind of relationship with football like now then? Because some people obviously leave it behind a bit. Obviously you still come and watch it quite a bit. Yeah, I like, I like to go and watch them. Yeah, I'll go and watch them. I'll go on Saturday. I'd love to see them get back into the Football League. I think it might be a tough ask. They're a big ask now. Hmm. I, I really do. I think they've got a mountain to climb. Cause like I say, they're not in the best... Uh, like I say, momentum isn't with them at the moment where it was. And you start making, you know, and I hear comments being made, you know, we're like the strongest team in the, the strongest team in the league and all this stuff. You know, but 
yeah, just keep your comments to yourself. Just do it, and then yeah, at the end there, they just yeah, under promote, overachieve. Yeah. That's where you do it. To to finish off, then, what are your kind of presiding memories of Chestfield and Saltergate and <laughs> various different training grounds and and all sorts those years at Chestfield? No, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, and uh, up until the last point, it was a good experience. And I enjoyed uh, being amongst it. Met some lovely people. Played with some great lads. We had a camaraderie there. It was all good. Yeah, and then we've gone from the old ground. You know that, that, that that's gone to the new ground, and uh, yeah, that's a that's a, like I say, it's, that um, it's got to be all right going to work there every other week, isn't it? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> bit, bit better than getting a splinter in your backside, sat in the stand in in Saltergate, wasn't it? But. It's, 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 as Jimmy said, it's a funny old game, isn't it? <laughs> certainly is. Certainly, certainly is. Great. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for having a chat. It's, no uh, problem. Enjoy what? it. Help me out. Yep. Next time I've got a problem, it's either you two. Okay? Enjoy yourselves. We'll talk to each other.